Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Tay. This is a private podcast slash membership where I am peeling back the curtain on all the things. Life, business, motherhood, being a CEO, and combining all the things together. I'm going to be talking about money, expenses, launches, what I spend my money on, what I've invested in, what's worked, what hasn't, hiring, team, leadership, you name it. I am covering it all and giving you a really inside deep detail look of all the things that you just won't see online because every Everyone's perfect online, right? Well, I'm giving you a behind the scenes look into my life and my business and how I make decisions because this is going to help you bridge the gap between where you are and where you want to be. So tune in every single month where I'm going to be dropping so many things for you. Each month, I'm going to talk about a different topic. And if you guys have any suggestions, feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram at it's Tay Daniels underscore LLC and tell me what you want to hear and I will share it. Let's get into today's episode. So today we're going to be talking about motherhood, CEO life and motherhood. This was one of the topics that you guys had wrote in on and you wanted me to unpeel and uncover all things like how do you run a business? How are you running a business with children at home? How are you managing being a CEO and a mother? And so I'm going to kind of cover this from a couple different lenses because I started my business in 2016 when I was seven months pregnant and I was broke. I'm talking like a hundred dollars to my name broke. I had no credit cards because I had completely wrecked my credit and I had no rich family members to bail me out of the situation. At the time I was married to somebody in the military and so his income was our income, but he was abusive. He was mentally abusive, physically abusive. And he told me that my business was never going to work. It was never going to be anything. I was never going to be anything. And basically just shit on everything that I did. I vividly remember I was two weeks postpartum and I was just, I don't even know how to explain it. I was overwhelmed. I guess that's probably the best word to sum it up. I was very, very overwhelmed because I was a new mom and I had no idea what new mom life was going to be like. And you go through so many changes postpartum. And I was very young. Again, I was only 23 and he had, he was an alcoholic he had a gambling problem. Like there was a multitude of problems, but he was very, very physically and mentally and emotionally abusive. So he had told me that I needed to leave our home on base and I needed to go stay with my parents because he wanted time and space away from me, which was like just one of those things where it was like, here we go again, right? Like you can't, when you're in a relationship like that and it's a cycle, you just know, like you just know that that's the norm of your life. So I end up going home with my two week old baby to stay with my parents for a couple days and to take space away from him. And I find out that he flew home to New York. His mom bought him a flight home to New York where he was from and he just up and left. So not only did he just tell his two week old baby and postpartum wife to leave their own home and to go to her mother's home, which was two hours away, but to then he was going to go back to New York and see his family on this New York trip. He did not speak to me. And I ended up going back to our house on base because I was like, well, no one's there. And I'm going to go back home to my own space. So I didn't talk to him, didn't hear from him. I had to find out through his mother that he was in New York and from people online and that he had cheated on me and hooked up with his ex-girlfriend. This was like the beginning of the end for our relationship before this. Like I knew that it was unhealthy. I wanted to make it work because obviously we had a baby together 
and I had nothing else. I had no money. I, I literally had nothing. And so I was like trying my best to just make it work, even though deep down I knew it was extremely toxic and not healthy for anybody involved. And I absolutely should not be doing this. Um, but then through that journey of finding out that he cheated and I didn't find out for a while, it wasn't like I found out while he was in New York. It was like a while after I just kind of like put my head down and knew I had to just be in this relationship until I can get out of it. So a year later, we, he gets out of the military. He is medically discharged and, um, we move, we moved to Kansas city, which was like an, uh, two hours from the base that we had lived at. And we got an apartment and this was the, the major downfall because he didn't have a job because he was medically discharged. The military pays for you to live. And so because he did not have a job and I worked from home because I had my own business, he was and I were home and together all the time. So he spent all of his time and energy and money on going out with his friends in Kansas City, drinking, gambling, and really just being a piece of shit while I was trying to build a business that he, again, didn't believe in and thought I was going to be broke and all the things. This went on for, I want to say like six months maybe, and he would go out all the time. And I I remember this so vividly that it makes me physically sick to my stomach. I would hide in our bathroom. So we had two bedroom, two bathroom apartment. My daughter was one at the time and her bedroom and bathroom were across from each other. So there was like, you walk out of her bedroom door and then like two steps was the bathroom to the door. And I put her to bed and I would go sit in her bathroom and lock myself in the bathroom until he left because he was going to leave. But he would drink before he left. When he drank, he would be abusive. So I locked myself in the bathroom across from her bedroom so that I could have the camera be very close to her if I needed to be. And then um, when he would leave, then I would come out and and live my own life for the rest of the night because he wasn't going, excuse me, (laughs) he wasn't going to, um, to be back anytime soon. Like he would go out until like two to five in the morning and I wouldn't hear from him. This went on for months and I was afraid of him, but I was also like so, so deeply sad. I was still like, you know, transitioning into being a new mom while also having a failing marriage and also trying to run a business. And I was deeply, deeply sad. I applied for a nine to five job because my business was not making enough money for me to be a single mom. It was a $40,000 a year job. And I went in for three interviews. And on the third interview, they told me no, because they hired someone else who had a degree because I didn't, even though she wasn't more qualified or skilled, she had a degree. And it was honestly the best thing that ever happened to me because it is significantly less than what I make today. So let's go back to him going out and me hiding from him all the time. And so there were a few times that he would go out, I would call his phone, he wouldn't answer or he would answer and there'd be like girls in the background. He'd like, yeah, I'm coming home. He'd be like wasted drunk, wouldn't come home, didn't know where he was, whatever. This was the last time this ever happened was... He went out and he was supposed to go, I think to the casino with some friends or something. I don't know. I should have known he was cheating because like he had already cheated on me and I knew about it and like things just, it was there. Like right when you know, when you're like in that delusional space of like just full delusion of wanting it to work with someone and trying to think that they could be something that they're not, I was there. And so this was the time that I finally was out of delusion and fed up and he went out to the casino. I wake up the next morning. He's not home by this time. It's like, I don't know, seven in the morning and he's still not there. I'm calling his phone, calling his phone, texting his phone. He's not answering. 
the last place I knew that he was, was the casino. And so I pack up my baby in the car and I drive to the casino. I get out, I go inside the casino and I'm, you're met at the front with like a, I don't, they're like a greeter, but they're like at a podium. I'm obviously not trying to take my baby into a casino. There's like a door you walk in and there's a space where this greeter is. And then another door before you actually enter the casino. I'm obviously not going into the casino at seven in the morning with a baby smoke filled. And so I meet the greeter and I'm like, Hey, my husband was here last night. Uh, is he still here? Is he okay? Did he leave? Whatever. They go and check the cameras and they come back and tell me that he left at, I don't remember. It was like three in the morning with a woman they have it on camera. They have all of his information. And that was like the confirmation that I needed. I don't know you, I say that now, but like I had confirmation before this, right? This was like the final straw for me. I go home and I put all of his things outside of the door and I tell him to leave. He needs to get out. He needs to go home right now, back to New York. I don't care where you go. Just get the hell out of my house. And he does, he leaves and he goes back home to New York. And that was it for us. We had officially split. We were done. It was over but we were still co-parenting. So between that year of early 2018 until mid 2019, we were co-parenting back and forth. I had gone to New York a couple of times so that he could be with his daughter and he had come to Kansas at the time so that he could see her and be around her. And, um, the last co-parenting session we had was in the summer of 2019 and he I allowed him to sleep on my couch in my condo because he couldn't afford to stay anywhere else and co-parent and see her and I was trying to like be the bigger person and be like okay I want her to have her dad I want her to like have a relationship with this man I'm fully accommodating this situation so I go to my mom's, me and my daughter go to my mom's for the day. It's the summer and we go swimming and we go to the pool and like we're hanging out and I go, then I go back home where he's staying in my condo because I tried to do like anything to get away from him, even though like I wanted him to have time with her because he would come for like one to two weeks at a time because then he wasn't going to see her for like months at a time. And, um, but I wanted to get away from him and he like didn't want to go do any family activities. Like he just literally wanted to drink, watch sports and like sit his ass on the couch and do nothing all day. And I was like, okay, I'm not doing that. I come back from my mom's. It's like dinner time. He's belligerently drunk. He had drank a handle of vodka while I was at my mom's for the day. Mind you, I don't drink. Uh, I don't drink now. I barely drink back then, but I, I don't drink alcohol now. And he, I tell him, I, I cannot remember what I said, but I basically told him something like, you need to figure out what day you're going home, like back to New York. And he pinned me in my kitchen and slammed my head into the counter. He broke three of my nails. And I thought in this moment that he was going to kill me. And I went went to reach for my phone to grab my phone and he slams my hand. I am bruised at this point. I am freaking out. My daughter's in her high chair watching this situation. And I, in this moment, think he's going to kill me. He's going to kill me or he's going to take my baby. He's belligerently drunk and I'm panicking. He then, for some reason, leaves the kitchen, like gets off me, leaves the kitchen and runs to the bedroom to grab something. I grab my daughter, run down the stairs of my condo and get in my car and I leave. I have nothing. I have no bags packed. I have no diaper bag. I have nothing. And at this point, it's like evening, it's dark out. I leave and I go to the the nearest gas station and I call my mom and I am shaking and I'm crying. and, And my mom is like, I was like, I need my things. Like I need my laptop. I need my diaper bag. She's like, do not go back to that house. He calls me and I answer and he's like, I left. I'm going back to New York. Like you can go back home. So I get off the phone. I call my mom back and she's like, he's lying to you. Do not go back. I go back to drive back around my house and see if his car is gone. His car is gone, 
but I don't trust that he's not in my house. So I just end up going to stay with my mom and, um, he ended up still being in my house and not leaving. And so I'm so glad that I did not go back in there because I cannot imagine what he would have done to me. And I called the police. I let the police know. I file a police report and I go back to my parents' house. Um, when I get to my parents' house, my dad had been traveling all night. My dad uh, is a team roper. And so he'd been traveling and it was late and he was going to go to my condo the next day to confront him and tell him that he needs to leave and get the hell out of my house. My, this is my stepdad, by the way, my, um, stepdad raised me. And the next morning I still met my mom's, my, my dad's getting ready to head to Kansas city and confront him. And he leaves and goes back to New York. And I never saw him a day in my life again. From this day, I have suffered from major, major, major PTSD from this situation. I had my sister come and stay with me for quite some time in my condo because I thought like he was hiding somewhere or he was like stalking me and he was going to find me. I still allowed him to call my daughter on the phone and talk to her for some time. But once I remarried in um, the fall of 2020, um, he completely went no contact. He owes me over $20,000 in child support. And my husband now has full custody of my daughter with me. And he uh, legally adopted her last summer. So I'm officially away from that situation. But why is this important for you to know? It's important for you to know because through this entire time, I was building a business, you guys. I was building a business through all of this. And I don't know if you know this, you probably do if you've been in business long enough, but when you're building a business, every single thing that affects your life and your home and your day-to-day and your relationships and your mood and your attitude affects your business. And your business is really easy to quit or put on the back burner when your life is literally in shambles and falling apart and you're broke and you're a single mom and you are devastated and you're going through massive life things and changes. It is so, so easy to quit so easy to quit. And there are so many times that I wanted to give up and I wanted to quit and it was so, so freaking hard. So through, let's go back. So I applied for the nine to five. I go through three interviews. They tell me no. And I decided in this moment, because at this point I was a virtual assistant in my business and I had taken on some OBM clients, online business manager clients, but I was not making enough money to fully support us in our apartment and pay for all the bills and all the things by myself. I just still did not make enough money. And I was relying on his income. And so I decide, okay, I'm going to niche down and I'm going to help wedding professionals. And I was booked out in six months and turned that business into an agency. That agency still operates today. And that agency made me multi six figures just from that, that nine to five telling me no. And then me deciding that I was going to niche down to wedding professionals Then in 2019, I was asked to be a keynote speaker at a conference local to me in Kansas City for wedding professionals. It was hundreds of wedding professionals and my first public speaking event. And by this point, I had barely been on social media, but I had never shown my face or let alone talked on social media, let alone gave a speech to hundreds of women in a room live. But I said yes, nonetheless. And that was what kicked off my coaching career. And tons of women reached out for coaching I did one-to-one coaching and support and then a course from 2019 to 2020 and launched my first group coaching program in 2021, which still operates today and now coaching has made me multi six figures. And so I just want to say that through this journey of going through so many things in my life and not quitting and not giving up through what I could have given up was ultimately, ultimately what led me to success. And today... My daughter's biological father lives at home in New York with his mother in her basement. This man is how old now? I don't know. Almost 30 living in his mother's basement. Okay. So I just want to say that if you have 
been in this situation or you're going through this situation, there is a way out. You can get out. Your business can be the way that you get out from it and you can have a completely different life and do not quit or give up on your business just because the season of life is hard. Let me now implement into this episode how I run a business and businesses with children and children at home because now I have two daughters. I have an eight, almost nine month old as well as a seven year old and they're both home with me. We homeschooled my oldest daughter for almost two years and now she does an online class program which she absolutely loves because she gets to see her, like her little classmates and she gets to have a teacher and then she gets to do like specialty activities on her own. And then she's been in dance and she also plays soccer. So she has lots of interaction. Plus she's an awesome big sister. Um, but being at home with me all day, every day while I'm running businesses and companies is super hard. So when my oldest daughter was younger and she was a baby, I literally worked with like her on my lap. I would bring my computer out to the living room and work with her while she was like playing or doing whatever. I would take meetings during her nap time and I literally just have worked with a baby on my hip ever since she was born. And that's really all I've known because I knew that I was not willing to backburn my business in order to be successful like I wasn't willing to be like oh well I'm a mom first yeah I am a mom first I absolutely love my kids my kids are well taken care of however I'm also not going to just work when it's convenient for me because otherwise it's going to be a lot longer until I get to success so I had to do what worked for me and as a single mom I didn't have support I was two hours from my family I did not have money for daycare I did not have money for a nanny or any support and I literally had to do what I could do now at that point as a virtual assistant and agency owner it wasn't such a big deal because I didn't have a lot of like phone meetings I would take phone meetings but I didn't do zoom meetings and it wasn't really like I didn't have to be on camera, right? Like it's not the same as coaching where I, with coaching, like am in coaching sessions for 60, 90 minutes long. And it's a little tricky to have a baby with you for that long being quiet and patient. And so back then, like that was what worked for me in that season. And then when I did start coaching, I started with VIP days and courses because again, VIP days were a day so that I could tell my husband at the time because then I remarried like, hey, I need you to be home this day because I need like that day to do a VIP day. And those VIP days were like three to $5,000. And so that covered my monthly expenses just having one a month. So again, I kind of had to do what worked for me in different seasons of my life and be like, hey, you know, I have a kid. So my kid's going to be on a call or my kid's going to be in the background or my kid is, you know, home with me and this is what it is and not feel any shame or guilt about it. And I even had one of my agency clients tell me like, you cannot just have your kid at home while you're working. Like it's illegal and it's, like you need to hire someone for daycare and like laugh out loud because when I now am in business with coaching clients, like most of, not all of us are moms and we're like bringing our kids to calls and our kids are like at home with us. And this is the whole reason we built businesses. And I laughed like, are you going to pay for the daycare, sir? Because I can't afford daycare and you don't pay me enough for me to afford daycare. And I just want you to know that like you can absolutely be so super successful even with kids at home with you. And so Moving into then coaching now with, because now I had a baby last April. And so my oldest daughter was finally old enough to be able to like be more self-sufficient. Like she makes herself breakfast. She's seven. She gets her own self set up for school. So we have a two level house. So the top level has my office. And then sometimes I put my computer in the kitchen and living room, dining room area. It's all open concept because my youngest daughter can like play and be in here and have her toys and like all the things. The downstairs has the um, the kids' bedrooms, our gym, our 
uh, like main living room. It has like a little kitchen and then it also has like her homeschool school space. And, um, like she has her own stuff. Like she's just like super self-sufficient and then I, my husband and I decided, decided to start over and have another child. And so I feel like I'm like redoing this all over again. Um, over the summer last year, we did have a nanny who helped with homeschool. Um, and she was super awesome. My daughter absolutely loved her. And like, they would go out and do chalk and like go for walks and like hang out and play while I was working. And it was super helpful for me because our, our nanny is also a teacher. So she couldn't, she could only be here in the summers, but it's really helpful in the summers to have that like additional layer of support and so if you can't afford that obviously you have to do what works within your schedule but what I can also say too is what I've learned through the years is that the less that I worked the more successful that I was and it took me a really hard like long hard time to figure that out like I didn't have to sit at my computer all day every day and I could be way more intentional with my time And then I only started working like five, 10 hour weeks and making multiple six figures, even without a team. Like this was before my team. So I don't want you to be like, yeah, you have a team. Like, yeah, I do now. But before I even had a team, um, I, and even when I just had like one person on my team, right? Like she wasn't, my co-coach wasn't doing everything. She was just supporting in certain calls, but it allowed me to set up my schedule in a way of like, this is what works for me in this season of life, right? Like having either calls at nap time or calls when my husband's off. Um, and like working in pockets of time of like, I get up earlier than the kids. And then I have an hour of like quiet time to myself to work before my kids get up and like just doing that. And then not focusing at all on any busy work, like not tweaking things or doing things that don't move the needle. And then also not feeling guilty of like miss Rachel's on, she's playing with her toys and I'm doing like Instagram engagement for 15, 20 minutes. Like it's not the end of the world. She, she now is nine months old and can say a handful of words already and no one's gonna die from it like I think that you have to also let go of like this shame or remembering that like something has to give so if you're like okay I really want a successful business but I have kids at home with me you have to decide what are you willing to give into or give up in order to be able to work or have the things you want and it won't be like this forever like there will be a time in your business that you can hire a housekeeper or have a nanny or your kids will be older and you can work more you can put more time and attention into other things but like in this season of life for me if Miss Rachel has to be on for 20, 30 minutes while I get something done, it is what it is. And then I go and spend time with my kids. Or if I use her entire nap time to do a coaching call or to do something else, and then she gets up and then I'm full in mom mode and I feel no guilt about that. And we can go into more details on the podcast too about like how I set up my schedule with a child. But what I can say is, again, it comes back to this mentality of I'm a business owner. I'm the breadwinner of my family. I have to financially provide for my family. And if I'm constantly putting my business on the back burner because I'm a mom, then my family's not gonna be provided for, right? And so the most selfless thing that I can do for my family is to do my business of what I'm really good at, impact other women, show up for people that need me, and also be able to provide for my family. And my business has allowed me to do that while also being at home with my kids. But I will say that there are seasons in life that are just really, really freaking hard. There are seasons in your business that are really hard. And so just because right now you're in a season of like being in the thick of mom life because maybe your children are or younger, it's not going to be like this forever. They're going to get older. They're going to become more independent. You're going to have more time. You just have to survive this season. And in surviving the season of mom and business owner, you have to decide what am I willing to give into or give up, right? If you are like, look, I know that this needs to be done in my business. I don't have the time or energy because I'm mom lifing more. You need to outsource it. 
if you don't have the money to outsource it, you need to do it and be willing to give up something else, right? So I think that it's just all about knowing that it's a season and it's not forever. And the decisions you make today to get through this season and survive this season will help you in future seasons. Now, another thing is because I'm at home with my kids, like all day, every day, plus working, plus being financially responsible for things because I am the breadwinner, you also need to take care of yourself. Like you, you have to. So for a lot of me, when I was not married and I was a single mom, I did not have a partner to take my kid. I did not have close family members to take my kid. And I did not have money for someone to watch my kid, nor did I want a stranger to watch my kid. So I had to decide what am I going to do for myself to get through this season, right? Like, so I started doing like self-care days on Sundays where I would do my own nails at home. I would tan at home. I would do my own hair. I would make myself feel good in those moments of time that I could. And then when she would go to bed at night, I would spend time doing what I needed to do, unwind and like making myself a snack or making myself dinner when she went to bed because then I can like enjoy dinner by myself and watch my show and like just really soak in these like me moments and then once I like she got a little older I was like okay I'm willing to twice a year drive her to my parents drop her off and then I can go do something for myself or with my friends or something that I want to do or have a day to me and then go pick her up and take her home and like she's not gonna die I trust my parents right we don't always have those options but again it's It's a season of life and how can I take care of me? How can I take care of what's around me in this season knowing it's not going to be like this forever? And today as a business owner and a CEO and a mom, my biggest thing is also showing my children what is what they can have. Like I have two daughters and I want them to know that you can have anything that you want. You can do anything that you want, that you put your mind to. You can work hard. You can be a business owner. Like all of these things are available to you and there's nothing wrong with working or being a hardworking woman. And I think that my daughters get to see that in me and get to see like how much impact that I'm giving to other people right and so sure there's going to be moments that like I'm working and they see me working but I look at it as a good thing because this is another thing too they're taken care of they get what they want they have a nice home we have food on the table the bills are paid for they get to do sports and activities I me and her dad are at all of her sports and activities we are there for our children while also working and I think that that has been such a narrative with people is like oh, you're working with your kids online. Like you can only work when they're asleep because they like can't see you working. And I fully do not believe in this. I will be working and a hard worker for as long as I want to because it feels good to me. It's what I like. It's what I enjoy. But if you're a person that like does not enjoy working at all, I would be questioning why are you in business? Because business requires, being a CEO, requires more work and time and energy than anything else, right? Like you have to, like you literally pour your your soul into your business and especially in those first like for me it was my first five years before I became a six-figure business owner and became successful it became easier but those five years were so hard and finding like people online that care about you finding your circle finding friends who are in the same space as you is essential and you're probably going to find those people online which is also I'm a huge advocate for group coaching so I help you people with my group coaching programs and then help other people build group coaching programs is because you have that circle around you because your friends and your family just will not get it. So if you're in a place where you're like, I absolutely hate doing this and I don't enjoy it, don't do it. Like you have other options. You can go get a nine to five. You can do other things. 
if you don't like it because it requires hard work, I want you to have a, like a good look in the mirror at the fact that it's going to take hard work. And it's again, it's a season. It's not forever, but is it worth it to you to have what's on the other end of that hard work? And if you're in a place where you're like, I just need somebody, I need a circle. I need a community. I need people who care about me. Then you have to go out there and find that. And sometimes it does cost money, right? Like I found my first circle in my first group coaching program that I paid $10,000 for those people then ended up hiring me as their coach. Those people are now my friends. Like you have to get in and find your people in your groups and they typically won't be your friends in your family. So this is the end of our first episode. And I know that I covered a lot and I went into a lot, but this is like how deep we're going to go in these episodes. Again, if you guys have questions, you want me to talk about anything, cover anything, feel free to message me on Instagram at it's Daniels underscore LLC. And I will chat with you on the next episode.